Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Scoopy Radio with Brendan Robinson. Scoopy Radio. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Welcome to another edition of the show. It is World Series time. So rather than the typical basketball, football, entertainment guests, I figured I would try something a little different. Carl Crawford, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys. So for those who are talking to the party, Carl Crawford has the distinct, uh, the distinction of having played for both the Rays mm-hmm. and the Dodgers. Yep. <laughs> Million-dollar question. Who's winning the chip, sir? Man, I mean, I don't know. If I was if I was to pick one to say, you know, I mean, I don't know. I like both of those organizations, you know what I'm saying? But uh, I guess, you know, the Rays drafted me and raised me pretty much. So it would be nice to let those, to see those guys win a world championship there in Tampa Bay. You know, they don't – I don't know if the fans are still like they were, but, you know, that little city was always fun for me. Raised me pretty much. They raised you for sure. Uh, you were a 1999 Major League Baseball uh, draftee. You were a second-round pick, 52nd overall. Um, you played for the Sox. You played for the, uh, the the Dodgers. You played for a multitude of teams. But you said that the Rays will always be home. Um, I'm curious to know, just from your perspective, you know, you looked at basketball with the bubble. Um, from the perspective of just – um, safety and fans. What do you make of the playoffs? I mean, I, they did what they have to do because because of, you know what's going on with the coronavirus. But playing with no fans, you know, that's a real big factor. But you know, I know I had to take like a lot of stuff where they had to take a lot of testings and keep you know social distancing around, and you know, too many family members couldn't come at one time. So I know that was a, it was a big obstacle for guys this year. And it was just had to be totally different because, you know, that's something that's never happened before. So uh, from what I'm hearing, for people, players to have to go through all that and still, you know, make it to a World Series or a championship, you know, that was a really tough year for everybody. But, you know, it can't be like 
when his fans there, you know, getting on you and doing all that kind of stuff. So I guess that that was the difference. Yeah, you know, I I remember your, your last name said Jamal Crawford. I had him on my podcast, Scoopy Radio. And uh, one of the things that we talked about was for the NBA bubble. He talked about how he felt like it was a big, like the bubble would be like an AAU tournament. You know, him playing for Brooklyn, he would know they were seventh seed in the NBA. For, for baseball comparatively, like how difficult is it from your perspective with playing with limited fans, some fans or no fans? Like, does that momentum really count the same as basketball or football? I, I was trying to figure it out because, you know, I'm retired, so I'm not out there. But the only thing I can imagine is if it felt like spring training or instructional league game or something like that where there's no fans out there. And you have to, you know, sometimes you might have a B game on a backfield where there's nobody and it's, you can just hear one person yelling. So, you know, a lot of times it's hard to get up for those games. But I, I'm pretty sure after, like, doing it for so long, they got used to it. And, you know, I'm pretty sure it's a couple of players that didn't mind playing with no fans, you know, yelling at them and telling them stuff like that all the time. So, you know, I guess it was a give, give. But I, I'm pretty sure all the players wish they could play in front of the fans because it definitely gets you going and gives you that extra oomph when you need it. Nah, man, you would imagine. I would imagine that the, that the fans and, and having uh, the ability to have people cheering you on is great. I would imagine that where the World Series is, there may be an advantage of more Dodger fans than Rays fans. Yeah, where is it? It's Is it in the same? What'd you say? Did they pick a location? Because I didn't know like if they was playing at the home teams or the stadium, did they pick a location for it yet? Well, Google is your friend. So while I'm talking to you, I am Googling that. It's in Texas, actually. It's in Texas. So it's in your, in your neck of the woods. That's right. Texas. Yep. I did hear that. I just forgot. Yep. Yeah. Nah, man. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see Arlington, Texas. So where the, where the Texas Rangers play? Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Well, should be a lot of home runs. Should be a lot of home runs this World Series. Balls <laughs> flies out there. What do you remember about playing on that Rays uh, World Series team in 2008? Oh, I just remember we were just all young and full of energy, athletic. You know, we had Joe Madden as our manager who came and made mm -hmm. us believe that it was possible. You know, he really uh, inserted that, uh, you know, win and, and positive energy and came up with different slogans, changed the culture of the clubhouse to where, you know, Scoop it became more about – you know, just having a good time and relaxing. And he had this rule where, you know, be mean for – be mad for like 15 minutes after a game, you know, and then after that just let it all wash away, you know. So stuff like that just kind of played into our youthful spirit that we had. We had uh, young pitchers, young players, and we just wasn't intimidated by much. And it just kind of started from spring training and kept going all the way through the playoffs. You're a young man. You're 39, if I'm not mistaken. Right. When I look at the ability in baseball, like I look at a Cecil Fielder or some of the other guys that played through their 40s, do you think that if injuries wasn't a thing for you, like if you hadn't got hurt, do you right. still be playing now? Yeah, pretty much. You know, um, once you get to it, like I'm, I was a runner, so, you know, our clock is – a little shorter than most people's and then I then I played on turf for nine years. So um, you know, I just couldn't couldn't move like I wanted to anymore. But definitely um um you can keep your body in shape. Ricky Henderson played 
for a long time. He was the guy that I looked up to when I played. So I wanted to play for a long time, but after a while, I just kept getting hurt and, you know, got tired of doing the rehab stuff and just called it, called it quits, you know. Tell me something. Ricky Henderson, I heard some stories about how the museum that – everybody has a Ricky story. You already read it. I heard, I heard a story that basically throughout the course of his career, the per diem that he got for the day, the money for food, he saved his money and used that money to pay for one of his kids to go to college. Scoop B Radio. Yeah, for what I, for the story I heard was that he used to, I guess when they did good grades, because they give us money in a package. And then they, like, you know what I'm saying? It'd be different ones. You know, it might be a thousand in it from this time, depending on how long we're on a road trip for. And when I heard that, when he... I guess when his kids used to do, do well, he used to just put it in a box and let them figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Pick out a pick out one of those packages. And I was like, man, shit. I, if those kids were smart, they would have been feeling for the thick package because you know a lot of them have a lot of money in them sometimes. What? So, would yeah. you, what? I'm sorry, you were still talking. No, no, that's cool. No, I was gonna say, what was your relationship like with Ricky? Did you? When did you first meet him? You, you said he was an influence. Did you actually meet him and? What was your yeah, relationship? You always see him in passing, you know what I'm saying? And Ricky refers to his name in the third person. I don't know if you heard about that. Ricky, Ricky. <laughs> Ricky is. You know, it's just that I was a fast guy. He was a fast guy. But, you know, he played in the area where they kicked their leg up so high, you know. So he got 100 mm -hmm. stolen bases in the season. So that will be the argument right there you know like man they slide step now bro if they, if they was doing this why if they was kicking their legs up this high while i was playing i'd have had 150 bags in the year mm -hmm. you know we can't it's no it's everybody time <laughs> you were the major league baseball's stolen base leader four times right what was in your weedies my weedies yeah what was in your weedies uh, Water in my uh, milk in my weed, <laughs> but we uh nah man I just you know I, uh once I got to the league I realized that that's was gonna be one of the ways I stayed there by Scoop by by showing off my speed at all times so you know I worked on it made sure I kept it and you know learned the technique still in bases and um shit, man just wanted to win something every year because you know you want to win if you got a chance to win a major column in any type of major sport you know you're gonna go after it. You are a stylish guy, number one. You're shining in these streets. I see I see that piece right there, sir. Yeah, man. I'm curious to know, um, playing in New England, uh, playing for the Red Sox, mm. um, Cam Newton is mm. in a similar situation. He's shining. He's eccentric. He has the ability to stand out. Boston is not always the easiest crowd, in my opinion, to be an individual. For some, right. like Cam, or for Cam Newton specifically, how do you think he wins over Boston or New England fans at large? <laughs> That's easy. You just got to win. Win and perform. You know what I'm saying? Just That's what they like. They're a passionate team. They're passionate about their sports. You know what I'm saying? And I just I tell athletes guys down here all the time, y'all got it easy down here in Texas because on the East Coast, you know, just sports different. But pretty much, you know, he looks like he's doing the right thing for us, like, you know, team-wise and, um, you know, getting wins and playing playing great. I don't know how he is inside the clubhouse or inside his uh, uh, locker room, but, you know, from what we see so far, it looks good. That's all you got to do, continue to do that, win those people over. And, you know, once you win them over, it's all good. We talked about fans. Um, was it difficult playing at Fenway? 
<laughs> you went out, you say, was it what? So we talked about fans in the stands as it related to baseball. Um, and, and you having played for the Red Sox, was it difficult to play at Fenway? Fenway, yeah. Fenway was tough playing against them. I mean, against them, man, you know that. It's just it's just a tough crowd, man. That's all it is, man. It's just they, they are extremely passionate. I mean, you can't blame them for wanting their team to win. And you just have to be able to to rise up to that occasion, you know. If not, they're gonna let you hear about it, you know. And that's that's just the way it is. Help me debunk the myth. Debunk a myth. Excuse me. Your Red Sox team was known for eating chicken wings and drinking. <laughs> you bring that back. Yeah, man. That was that was. I guess that's what happened. That was that was the pictures. Remember? You know what I'm saying? But you know. Locker room, they had locker room, you know, uh, before then, before they started like the meal stuff or whatever, they they all do now. And, you know, pretty much can eat whatever you want into the clubhouse. I think it was Popeye's right around the corner from Fenway or something like that. So, you know, <laughs> might have been the deal. Who knows, man? They had all kind of good food. That's what the clubhouse do. They always have uh, all kind of good food to eat. So... When I look at the last 15, 20 years of, of um, sports, particularly basketball, um, you look at, I remember the Boston Celtics when they would come to Brooklyn and play the Nets. So we're talking like 2012. They would have this whole spread of like organic peanut butter and jelly mm. just sitting there waiting for, for guys. Like I feel like the peanut butter and jelly for basketball players, you know, it gives you the, the energy, but it's sweet enough. Um, and NBA guys like to take naps. From your perspective, has that that aesthetic carried over to Major League Baseball in the same way? Yeah. Well, I think like once I was, you know, leaving out, the health thing was becoming a real big deal. To where you know, um, they already cut a lot of stuff out where you couldn't eat. I think the the GMs and stuff get the chefs and they give them what they want them to serve and stuff like that. And, uh, it, it, it's, it, I'm pretty sure they're real healthy right now, but right towards the end, they was transitioning in that. And, you know, all the organic stuff, uh, you know, people showing you how to eat, uh, trainers, and really mixing that in. I know with the Dodgers, they do a great job of all that stuff, um, having a nutritionist there to, you know, kind of go with you day to day and what to do, certain pills you might take or, you know, stuff like that. So we're leaving chicken wings and beer going into the more healthy uh, portions of, of that. I'm curious to know, um, when you get um, today's athlete in baseball, um, do you think that um, when you look at, I guess, maybe even African-American athletes, what needs to be done to get more players that look like you or I playing the game is it that baseball or basketball is cheaper what is it uh, man that's been like the million dollar question every year i just say i just think they need to see more faces like us you know even from when i first started playing you know like you say i i, I lead the let the league in stolen bases in a major category for four years straight you know you, you know, people don't you can walk anywhere and they just don't know you they don't see your face they don't they don't have nobody to look up to and say i want to be like him I mean, how many kid, how many people can can see Mookie Betts walking in somewhere? Man, you know who he is. He can walk into the store right here, man. They gonna walk right by him. Nobody gonna know who he is. And it's just like, man, you know, that's just baseball for you. So I don't know, you know, I just think that they should just, you know, 
try to play it. Every athlete, if you can play football, play baseball, you know what I'm saying? And you don't have to specialize in one, even though I know a lot of coaches are making kids do that. But, you know, pretty much if you loved it as a kid, you know, there's no reason why you shouldn't love it in high school or anything like that. And just keep playing and see where it takes you to. You from Houston. You play for the Dodgers. Yeah. yeah. So, um, last or well, earlier this year, when we were still all outside, I talked to Magic Johnson about the Houston Astros <laughs> cheating scandal. And one of the things he said, one of the things he said was him being, you know, a partial owner. He said, one thing for me that is that's hard for an athlete. I just want a level playing field. He said, when I played against the Bulls, same rules Michael Jordan had, and I think for the Dodgers, I want the same thing. We just want a level playing field. We didn't get that. So I was really disappointed, not because I'm the owner, but I was disappointed for my players. So he went on and on and on. He said, because they deserve everything needed to be equal. Because not only are you an expert on the Rays and the Dodgers, you, you're also Houstonian and you play for the Dodgers yourself. Was that a difficult juxtaposition for you to see what was going on because of your relationship with with both sides, yeah, you know you. Um, Scoop B you Radio. I'm from Houston, so you always refer to Houston teams, and then you know um, you always have to be, you know, the integrity of the game is always at stake. So when I saw the cheating scandal and I said they proved it, I was like, oh man, this this might rank up there with the Black Sox or someone that you know. It was no fans this year, so you couldn't really see. Cause I think they would have got booed in every every city this year, you know. But uh, but it's unfortunate that, that they got caught doing it. Uh, I was hoping that they win again this year so there wouldn't be no excuses for them or whatever because that's what you have to do, win again. But it's it's a stain that's going to be there. You know, it's never going to go away, you know, and they're just going to have to figure out a way to move on and, you know, try to win another one without without that scandal. But definitely, definitely, uh, definitely it's a black eye on the organization. And I'm, I'm just – Sad that it's it's my hometown that got it, you know. <laughs> Do you think that if the Dodgers win the World Series this year, that makes everything right with the world versus last year? I mean, I guess the Dodgers been trying to win for a while, you know. So, um, I mean, I guess winning is always redemption for for people or, or whatnot. But you know, just have to see them Temple 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 look scrappy. So, and I hope they can beat them. Birdie tells me um, that there's something in the water, something in your family blood, because your cousin, uh, J.P. Crawford, is doing his thing in Major League Baseball. Um, how cool is it to, to make that a family affair and to have a sibling or, or a family member at large uh, to, 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 I guess, represent the family last name? Baseball love bloodlines. You know, that's why they, they love it from the Ripkins to the – Griffiths to the, you know, everybody, you know, they love, they love that storyline. So it's cool to have that. Not only him, you know, my son is in the 11th grade and he's like the number one prospect in the state of Nevada. So he'll be there soon. You know, I'm trying to have like a family reunion at the All-Star game about 10 years from now, you know, so, <laughs> so it's cool. They love the bloodlines, you know, they, um, people eat it up when it's family members in the game more than one, you know, you look at the Seager brothers out there and, for the Dodgers and his brother, they hit home runs against each other one game. You know, it's just cool to see that type of stuff. You know, so I'm definitely trying. I got three boys, you know. I plan to get all of them to the big leagues. <laughs> and two nephews. It's a packed house. 
It's a packed house. Huh? You, you, uh, one thing that I find interesting about your portfolio um, is just in doing my research, you're producing. If I'm not mistaken, is it your your certified entertainment? Is is your is your record label? You know, I want to certify. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. We, we um, when I retired, I decided to get into the music industry. And, you know, we um, we did real well. We produced the mega star, Megan the Stallion. I don't know if you ever heard of her, but uh, yeah, we did that. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I heard something about that. Yeah, I, I but who, but what you say? I said, yeah, we produced the star right out of the gate, so it was like, wow, they couldn't believe like something like that happened so fast. But you know, now and now we produce another artist, and we just the company is just. You know, I had to make a transition from baseball to something else. You know, I know I, I retired pretty young, so I knew I wasn't done working, things like that. Um, so I just wanted to do something that I thought would be cool and that I probably was passionate behind and jumped into it here first. What from playing sports carried over in retirement to producing? I think it was majorly the work ethic. That's why I got here. That's why we produced a star so fast. You know, it was just, I took the same approach to where, you know, first person at the field, last person to leave, you know, hard working, applying myself, learning everything I could, you know, a guy, for instance, like a guy that I knew knew the business. I didn't, I didn't want him to, I didn't want him to have to call him and ask him questions every day. So I moved him in my house so I can speed and learn the process. So I've always been a quick learner. That's what my coaches, any coach will tell you about that. Quick learner and know how to apply things quickly. So uh, I just treated it the same way as I would approach, you know, a season or something like that. What um do you feel like the fact that you played professional sports, it gave you a leg up in getting such success early on? Like people took you more seriously because you're an athlete? Oh no, it's 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 the opposite, actually. You know what I'm saying. The only thing that helps you out is the money that you made from um, playing sports. You're able to spend on things that they're gonna probably double and triple charge you for because you're an athlete. You know, so and then you gotta come around <laughs> and then you gotta get past the people that don't want nothing good for you and they just wanna take things from you and tell you that they can do things like so. There's a lot of stuff you gotta weed and swindle through to get to where you're trying to go, but. You know, if you're really trying to do it, you know, you will get through it. I noticed just in checking out your social media, E40 follows both you and myself. Yeah. Um, have you gotten a chance to work with him? And who are some musicians and athletes that you respect in the business and you've taken some of what they've gotten and put it into your own body of work? Athletes? Really? None. Uh, I can't say I really copy too many athletes for them as far as the music because every time they get into the music they want to like rap themselves or something like that you see so me i took more of the executive approach i've never met e40 but i've been jamming him since seventh grade around houston he's um locked in with a guy named mean green that we used to that everybody knows here in houston so e40's been on our radar i just never met him but i would like to meet him and um far as me me watching, I, I never know athletes because I just know they all fail. You know what I'm saying? So when I got my advice, I got my advice from like Lil J, the people around here, the guy that was helping me. I asked people who had actually done it. You know what I'm saying? And, and um had success doing it, and um kind of tried to try to put my blueprint from there. We had a lot to look at being from the south and like the cash money, the rapper lots, the no limits. You know, so that's kind of like the blueprint I was at for uh, coming out there. 
You mentioned Megan Thee Stallion. I, I kind of took my time because I actually you care about your process and how you transition to baseball. But I'm curious to know from your perspective, um, are you happy for her success um, despite the fact that you guys parted ways? Oh, well, I mean, the media make it look like we parted ways, but we still is heavy talk. You know what I'm saying? We still in contractor together. So, of course, we want her to do well. You know, we don't want her to do bad. It's not going to um, benefit us if, if she does bad, you know. So, we want her to do well. We just want her to um, um, honor her contract. That's that's the whole big deal about this situation. They didn't want to honor her contract or they wanted to switch a few things and but they never, you know, would talk to me about it. They just, you know, sent the lawyers to me and all that stuff. So, you know, they really, it was just one of those deals to where you just, it just things kind of went left and it's just unfortunate. Do you hope or do you think that there will be a resolution? Oh yeah, it'll be a resolution. Like far as like, you know, trying to, trying to get the contract renegotiated or whatever, not like that. You know what I'm saying? We'll definitely ha handle the business part, but just as far as the personal stuff, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really know about that. What's that? Simple. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, um, we'll, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the business part is what we work on. So we'll definitely take care of that part. I mean, <clears throat> hopefully soon. <laughs> No, that's real because I, you know, I, fairly and respectfully, you know, it gets lost in translation. Big star put out hits, uh, Rock Nation, and then you know, kind of gets lost in the sauce, and you know, you don't always hear everybody's point of view. So it's important to hear other people's point of view and what they bring to the table. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Like I said, we got we did that situation. You know, gotta take care of stuff at some point. We just everybody move on. That's the best for everybody, in my mind. So in basketball, they talk about uh, you know I said Lakers and six over the Heat. Um, you, I guess your prediction in baseball. Do you look at it from a perspective of uh, Dodgers or, or Rays? How many games? What do you think is gonna happen? I don't know. It's just so unpredictable. I mean, you would think that the Dodgers would win. They got all the firepower, but you know, you just never know with. With some scrappy rays, you know, but uh, I don't, I don't know. I think it'll go about six games. I say the Dodgers in six. Dodgers in six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> baseball, yeah. baseball is your life. Baseball has given you the ability to to do other things, to connect with people. Is there any chance later in the future after you've Broken, you've, you've had many hits and things that you would go into managing. Managing or oh, playing baseball or oh, managing baseball? Usually baseball. Man, I, I don't know. That's a tough one. I see some of my teammates already managing, like Cash. He was my teammate. He's the manager for the Rays right now. I see Rocco Bardelli. He's managing um, the Twins, I think. So, I mean, you know, I thought about it, but I really. You know, going back out on that baseball field, I'm, I'm working in the AC now. You know what I'm saying? I worked in the sun for 20 years, so I don't know. But I do have three sons that I got to coach and watch. So, you know, maybe once I, like, maybe they'll get me going with it, and maybe I might want to do it one day. But right now, um, I'm concentrating on the music business. Last question. Houston is home for you. Uh, the Rockets still have a head coaching vacancy. Who do you like? Mm -hmm. I like a lot of people. I mean, for me, I'd rather get like a Mark Jackson, 
Kenny Schmidt, you know what I'm saying? One of those two guys. Uh, I'm not looking. Hey Carl, the sound went out for the the sound went out for a second. I think you're on your phone and you got a call. So you said you want Mark Jackson or Kenny Smith, correct? Mark Jackson or Kenny Smith. That's who I take. <laughs> I would like to see Mark Jackson. I think Mark Jackson has been blackballed. Yeah, why is he blackballed? What did he do? It didn't work out in Golden State. It didn't work out in Golden State. I mean, and then got him right though. He the one that got him to that level though, right? Did. And they took they took him right right out there. So I just want to see what he can do. You know what I'm saying? You know we got to get a big man too here in Houston, man. So I don't know. We got to make a whole lot of changes with our team. It, it, it just ain't the coach. You know? We done been using this one recipe for the longest. So we need to we need to just try to shake everything up. If you ask me. It'll <laughs> be interesting, brother. Dodgers is, is your prediction, and we're going to hold you to it. And this is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee, and I'll bring the Dunkin'. Kaboom! Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm